Welcome to the Sale Street Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And for more information about our church, visit salestreet.org. Acts 13, 13 through 52. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Persia in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Persia and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he, no. But behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers This he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. 
Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astonished and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told to them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But as the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for the words that you give us that are encouragements to us to never stop, to keep persevering even when there's persecution, even when it seems like the world is against us, because it is, because we are not from this world. We belong to you. Thank you for the community that we find in the church with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that we can come here and freely rejoice and sing out your name without fear, and we know you you are in control and we can trust you. You have, you have never broken a promise and you will not. And we can fully rely and trust on you. Thank you for that. Amen. 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 And joyful utterance we hear God's word proclaimed. Welcome to Sale Street Baptist Church. We're so overjoyed to be together today to have the body of Christ gathered. I'm one of the elders here. I'm Paul Pettifer. That's uh, my daughter Abigail reading the gorgeous scripture and today we have a gift for you uh, we're going through the book of Acts if y'all haven't noticed it's been a few days of that and uh, we have these cool scripture journals uh, um, Sam Sam I think has already been using these for a while is that right yes they're super great so if you'll look you'll have a page of the scripture this is in the ESV and a page of blank notes for you to go together and uh, daily right it says as long as it's called today open that up and uh, take notes and, and listen to God and, and pour out what your insights you're getting and your observations and all your questions. And golly whiz, I love that, man. I love that we get to operate together. So everyone gets one today, and uh, that is so great. I want to uh, go over today this, this note that we're in this city of Pisidian Antioch in modern-day Turkey. Uh, it's Asia Minor, they call it, and they have these cool... Things And I have, have an overarching thought that uh, we'll put up on the screen. It says that I think what we want to come out of from this today is that we want to know that beginning from, forever, from the beginning to forever, God is ushering forth 
his plan to glorify his name via the salvation of through the son salvation of the saints through the son and that the saved that's that's if you're here and you're in Christ that's that's us the the church we are the vehicle for spreading this gospel into every corner of our world empowered by the holy spirit that's our that's our call from this scripture i think so those acts handbooks right the scripture journal a they're really pretty and i like pretty stuff that's why the moleskin journals are like popular because they look cool they're very cool and spiffy i have a cool spiffy bible my kids gave me so you, you know it's rocking we love cool and spiffy around here oh my gosh so as we're going through this you might notice a couple i love stories if you hadn't figured that out i kind of like a storyline and so the storyline in the book of acts is the church is born in jerusalem and uh, god raised jesus from the dead the church was born pentecost came he said wait until they receive power pentecost here the power the the church is born in jerusalem and then we have uh, a time of of uh, thriving and then we have persecution and the church is sent out so paul goes to uh, antioch well paul uh, gets abnormally born it says and and they formed in antioch and so we've, we've seen this you've, you've been with us and now we have a change in the narrative a little bit, moving away from Peter, who's kind of been the, the, the leader of the story carrier in so far the book of Acts, more to Paul. And we have a little bit of a move away from Jerusalem as the center, and now it's dispersed, right? We're sent out. We're going out, and that is, that's our, that's our big picture storyline. And I have three, three, I have points today. I don't know if you, you might freak out. The, the people who like me, I, I, I'm kind of an anti-point a little bit. So now we have points today. The first one, we're going to call the storyline of the buildup. Where is the buildup coming? Well, you just heard Abigail read that. The buildup is that Paul shows up, uh, him and Barnabas and a guy named Mark or John Mark. They make their way up. up uh, they were at this island of Crete, if we have this uh, Cyprus rather, and they sail over to this other city with a weird name in this region called Pamphylia. I like being able to see it. I love geography and maps. If you do, who used to have Rand McNally maps in your mail in your glove box and you're kind of missing them? You you want to train everybody? Like put the Google Maps away and get a real map and learn how to navigate. Which way is north? By the way, everybody point north. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna go back to directional training land nav another day we're gonna go that so i love maps and seeing that so they land at perga and they go into antioch so this is paul's first missionary journey uh if you have a big bible uh you have maps in the back they're really great i love all the maps by the way if i didn't say it already but paul and barnabas and john mark make their way there and we don't get one verse in and we already have a dispute it says and and mark returned Ooh, we're gonna learn more about that later but we have disputes we don't let them stop us right well, I might have a dispute with one of you guys one day. Probably not, because I'm so get along with everybody. That's not true. I, I have disputes. My wife's here. She can give a test, testimony. But they, they go in there, and they make it to this city, and now we, we, we've got the first dispute, but they press on to this Antioch. There's two Antiochs. That's why this one has a second name. They've just left another city named Antioch, so now we're in this one. And they, they have a rhythm. Paul's going to establish his rhythm. We're going to see it for the rest of the book, although he changes it somewhat. But they go to the Jews, because he's a Jew. They, they're the carriers of the story of God. And they go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And typically on the Sabbath, they would read uh, two 
portions, they call it. The modern Jews call that. They'll read a portion from the Torah, the first five books, the Old Testament, the law, the books of Moses, we'll call them, and the portion from the prophets, which is kind of everything else. So they read that, and uh, now these guys are they're given the, the, the red carpet. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement, please speak. Verse 15. This was not... I mean, some commentaries say it's not terribly uncommon for a traveling rabbi to give a little five-minute doodad on the way. So Paul, man, he's, he's holding his bat. He's ready. You know, you betcha. Hanging curveball, he swats it. He goes, yes. Why, yes, I believe I will. So he, he, he does all he can to convey the importance of what he's going to share. Just think, he, he, he stands up, motions with his hands. Men of Israel, he's got the best news they're ever going to hear. Better than your team winning the Super Bowl or whatever else happening. So he goes through the backstory, right? Israel's com- Israel has a compelling backstory, all leading to this moment. They had ancestors chosen. They went down to Egypt. We had slavery and oppression. Then we had this m- supernatural deliverance through a deliverer and unthinkable power of God displayed. And then when they get out, they can't even make it six weeks, and out came the golden calf. He didn't mention the golden calf part, but he says that disobedience leads them to have 40 years of wandering in the desert. Ta-da, that's, that's 450 years. That went quick. And he says, and then there was the time of the judges. That's 350 years. That went quick. And then, and then he said, oh, when they came out of that, they had a prophet named Samuel. and he, he, The people wanted a king. They wanted to be like their neighbors. So we don't know about this God thing. We're, uns- we're insecure about that. We need a king. So they, he names a king Saul. And Saul, some, some commentators kind of say he's kind of like a, an antichrist. If he's not exactly antichrist, but he, he's the antithetical of what they wanted. they wanted. They needed God to be their leader, and they wanted to have a man leader. And that's how they picked that. But then, and, and Saul was a no bueno, so God removed him, and he installed the prototype king, David. And David says that he was a man after God's own heart. And Paul is drawing them in. He's drawing this. So again, this is their history. All the guys in the room, they knew all this stuff already. The Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, they knew all this. He's drawing them in. And this, from this man's descendants, that's all the preamble to get to the point. From this man, David's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as promised. Now, we don't know how much of the news of Jesus had spread up to Pisidian Antioch from Jerusalem. Probably some people had heard it. Some hadn't. Hard to say. But he is just bringing them. Everyone's been waiting for this moment, and it's here. And here they rest. And then he, he, he leads into another story that they would, they would know at the tie-in from old to new. John the Baptist had come, and he had been the one of the last verses in the last book of the Old Testament. in Malachi says that there will be one calling in the desert. Make ready the way for the Lord. So John the Baptist was that forerunner because I am not the one, but I'm making a way for the one. He's sandals. I'm not unworthy to untie. He's the one. So John the Baptist is bridging this gap between this, this Old Testament system, the, the identity as a people, and now this coming of the one who, would, who we've been waiting for, right? But sometimes even when you're waiting for something, if it's change, you're not always like, uh, I'm not sure about change. You know, there was a joke about how many Baptists it takes to change a light bulb. Change? I never heard of that word. Anyway, so John the Baptist is tying in. He's the one, and he's the connector between old and new. And in verse 25, he says, who do you suppose that I am? I am not the one. Can you hear any of us say, I'm not the one? 
I'm not the one. We're not the one. And John's going, but there is one coming. He's quoting what John had said. There is one coming whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And I have my first takeaway. So we had the big picture story, right? The, the, the buildup. Now our first point, if you're writing it down in your scripture journals, is that all of the Old Testament is pointing us to Jesus coming and the salvation that he brings for sin and all of the Old Testament is, can, you can chart a path to Calvary and the bloodstained cross and to the resurrection power of an empty tomb from anywhere in the Old Testament. And the crushing of a Messiah, right? They, they knew that was coming. And now they've seen it coming. And how do we know this, Paul? Well, I'll tell you what, there's seven sermons in the, in the book of Acts. This is the last big one, by the way. That's why it took a while to read through. And all of these guys, right? So Peter... Peter, Peter and John, then Philip, then Paul, then Paul. Right, look at them. Let's just go to the next one, right? So what do they say? All of these guys, they're the seven ones. Oh, wait, I slipped one in there, didn't I? Jesus on the road to Emmaus. We're going to get to that in a minute. Let's go to the first side. So Peter at, the, at Pentecost, he, he references a lot of Scripture. Go to the next slide, Colin. He references three of them. I got the wrong one. So he, he's, he's, this is at Pentecost. Hey, we're not drunk. This is, this is Jesus who you're waiting on. Man, it's great. Then he goes, uh, the next slide is Peter. One chapter later, he had raised a man, or healed a, healed a beggar. And everyone's praising God about this miracle. And Peter says, oh, man, looky here. I'm telling you about Jesus. This miracle is just to testify to him. And he uses Deuteronomy and Genesis, just the Old Testament, just the, uh, the stories, the Torah. And then Peter and John get called before the Sanhedrin, right? Where did you get this, this resurrection name? I, get, tell us all about this. He, he says, no, the, the stone the builders rejected, that you guys rejected, y'all killed Jesus. Paul just said that in his sermon today. He's the one. He's the one. I'm not the one. He's the one. Peter goes on that. Then Stephen has this speech, right? The persecution breaks out. Stephen has this long speech. Uh, I, was, I preached that day, too. There's a lot of scripture in there. And there's two slides for Stephen's Stephen speech. He goes all through it. He, he lists the history of Israel. And he goes, culminating down to the end, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me? Or where will my resting place be? No, he's got a better one. We are not the one. Jesus is the one. Stephen gets stoned to death. Then Philip is one of the disciples, and he's walking along. He meets an Ethiopian, and, he, and the Ethiopian's reading this scripture in Isaiah. And Philip walks him through. He says, from, uh, I'd love, we, there's two places in here. I wish we could get the rest of the testimony, right? He says, and then he says, don't we? And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him all the good news about Jesus. Don't you wish we could get the list of his scripture references from the Old Testament, right? All the things he had uh, then uh, then Jesus on the road to Emmaus is sort of like that. He, and Luke, we skipped. See, we're going, Jesus, uh, Acts was written by Luke, and Luke wrote Luke, so we'll, we'll kind of go with that. In the beginning, with, um, after his resurrection, he's walking along, bumps into some guys, and they're talking about these events. And Jesus goes, oh, he's playing dumb. I'm like, what events? Oh, haven't you heard about all these things that happened? He goes, really, tell me about that. And so and from that moment, it says right here, and beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what is said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I've yet to see a preacher guess at what that was, but I can't wait to try. That'd be super fun. Then we're in this today's passage, Paul at Pisidian Antioch. There's 
five scriptures we're using today. And then the last one is Paul in, the, in Acts 28 in Rome. So I have a little vote tally. Anybody want to guess which one has the most uh, tallies? Did he put the tally up yet? Who's going for the, old t- the book of the Torah, the five books of the law, is the most references in that list? It's a trick question. And then we have the, the Psalms and the prophets. Anybody have a guess? Eight for the prophecy. That's a good guess. I like that. I like that. Aha. But I have another trick question. You can do this as homework. That's by number. If you want to do by verse count, go to the next one. Verse count. I need, I need to... Is it on there? Yep. Verse count. You've got to go do your own. So you can go count your own verse counts. Write them down in your book of Acts right there. But there's only... My real point in doing that, there's several real points, but one of them is that there's only one verse that's repeated in all seven of those talks. It's not like there's just a handful of places in that Old Testament, right? That, that large thousands of years story that point to this Savior. No, no, no. Every one of those people and talks were a different set of Scripture because that is one of our takeaways. We need to be ready to have the Old Testament in our hands. If someone asks you about a commandment or anything else, to walk them through it. Just like, not quite as good as Jesus did it, but... You know, good. We want to be good at it. One repeated verse only. All right, so the third part of our, our um, well, the second part of our, our story, right, we had the, the buildup, and now we have the apex. The apex is verses 26 to 41. Now, P, uh, Paul was speaking to a, a Jewish audience, so they knew all the Old Testament stuff. They were already familiar with these things, at least in large part, they would be very familiar with the stories and the scriptures. And so he, he's using that. He's right on it, quoting their stuff, telling them that Jesus is the one that's fulfilling all these things that we've heard. And uh, if he's proving from the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah and that the Old Testament walks him through it and what he did on the cross and how God fulfilled all the promises in the Old Testament to wake away, make a way for sin to be wiped clean and times of refreshing to be brought in. Later in that book of Acts, you're going to hear him speak at another city, Athens, and he's really addressing a very Greek or non-Jewish audience. And so he has to do some things that I think we have to do when we're thinking about how we're going to respond if someone asks us about the ways of God. And it may be from some of the Old Testament. We, we might have to prep that, um, uh, that someone doesn't know all that, doesn't know all that backstory, And we, we need to know that it's true for every heart sitting in this room as well, that God is right now capable of picking up your story right where you are. We don't have to know all of the history story. He's able to find your story and mine, and pick it up right where we are and bring us towards him. We're, he, we need, we get plotting a path for us to get towards Jesus. Just as I want us, I think God wants us to be able to navigate from the Old Testament to plot a path to the cross. He's, he knows each of us, and he's, he can plot a path for each of us, wherever we are, to the cross, to the empty tomb. And when I read about uh, Paul's sermon where he I'm about to read Paul's sermon. We're just going to read a little bit of it where he proclaims Jesus. And, and if you aren't Jesus' already, then know that he's setting up this date in history just for you. Today is yours to awaken to God's love for you that's expressed most fully in Jesus. 
I was in the crowd once uh, and didn't know what was up. I didn't know anything about God. He drew me in, and I heard the good news about Jesus proclaimed that God had made a way for my soul to be alive and to be connected to him. And no more would I need to chase this or that trying to fill up my life. Not trying to... Because filling up your life with other stuff is an impossible task anyway. Many people have gotten quite rich and miserable trying to do that. Only God is the one who can make my soul alive and sustain me through life's ups and downs. No person, no achievement, no facts, no belonging. Nothing can help me like he can. I'm about to read this sermon from the Apostle Paul, a little bit of it anyway. And I fully expect and rely that God is able to bring you and me with him right now by grace through faith in Jesus. And you, if you read this talk with me, the one that Abigail just read, and you, you can come to faith right then. That he, he doesn't need more help. He needs us to look at him and see our need and the Holy Spirit to quicken our souls to receive his provision of grace, by grace through faith, right now. So this is a sunrise of this picture here, and I think that sunrise over the scripture is always great. This one has some mess with it. You can see my neighbor's barn is torn apart. My fence is not there. The trees are disheveled, but that's okay. God can make a path where it seems difficult, and maybe that's what you think in your heart right now. I don't know. Uh, I'm at church, but I'm not sure about that. But trust me, if Jesus can come out of the grave alive, this too is possible for you and me. Let's pick it up in verse 26. He says, fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and the rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And, our, and, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news this is, they're in this synagogue. They're telling these people who'd heard the, the God story but didn't know about Jesus. We're here to tell you the good news. What God has promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son and today I've become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never see today. As God had said, I will give you a holy and secure blessing promised to David. So it also says elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. Now when David had served God's purposes for his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see the decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would, not, that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Now, Israel had focused on David, the Davidic line. He was the apex of power and glory. And his body decayed. 
Jesus was promised to come from him and his body did not. He is different and better than David. The leaders crucified God, son. They thought they had really done something. Turns out God used that too. That was part of his plan. He foreknowledge, he knew from the foundation of the world that he would send his son to be a sacrifice and God used evil men and was not stymied by them. Justification is not available from the law of Moses. Even someone as good as blank, your favorite person, noble as Mother Teresa or Dewana Tarver, even them, not able, not able to be made right by the law of Moses. No. It says, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. Proclaim is a word. We, we say it. We, 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 we put it in front. We move it forward. And through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. And then he, he warns them not to be someone who resists. And so God asks us that right now. Don't resist. Don't resist him. The third stage in this this sermon, this history telling is our current battleground. Opposition to sharing Jesus' gospel can't keep our joy nor the Holy Spirit away. If you want to put those in your journal, you sure can. It is, there's going to be opposition, but opposition doesn't stop God. Opposition put Jesus in the grave. What did God do? He busted him out. That's how this works in God's economy. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further on these things. Now, we're thinking, well, this sounds pretty great. I mean, they, they just told the Jewish people that Messiah's here and this new thing's coming and maybe they hadn't taken a moment to settle it all, settle it all in, but they've invited them to come back the next week. Woohoo! But then, uh, many of, and so it says, several Jews and devout converts followed Paul and Barnabas and talked to them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. They were very enamored with this message. And could it be? You know, we don't know what they're thinking. We can just speculate. Could it be? But we can see what happened next. The whole city showed up, which is great. That's what we want. We want to have the whole city show up, hear about Jesus. But what happened next is that um, sin in the camp ruins things. And what happened? They said that they were jealous. They saw the crowds. The leaders saw the crowds wanting to hear about Paul. And they said, why aren't they coming to our church, right? We got a better church than he has. And they, they got jealous. And what did they do with their jealousy? They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him, verse 45. And then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, right? So they're in a Gentile city. They're not in Jerusalem. They're not in Israel. They're a good bit away. And the Jewish leaders don't have overwhelming cultural or political power like they did in Jerusalem. And so... When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed to eternal life believed. And that's great news. But, and the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. And they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. And so we, we, we have this high-stakes game 
that is for forever, right? The souls of men and women last forever. So the poker stakes are really high. And Paul and Barnabas are out doing what God told them to do. We've been reading it all through the Bath of the Acts. Go and tell, right? God said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Here they are out. And, and the, the leaders refused to believe and became jealous because of the crowds. And there's that sin in the camp and they produce lies. But what happens? Well, Paul and Barnabas, they just pivot, right? They don't pivot away from truth. They pivot on their operations. And they say, great, not great, but if you reject it, he was a little bit smarty pants in that little response. Since you refuse to have eternal life, we're going to go to the Gentiles. And that's what they did. And because why? Because God had known from the beginning, he said, I'm just going to make you a light to the Gentiles. You may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. That's great. That's one of those scriptures. It's in they use the Old Testament to tell the story, to see that God's truth doesn't change. God completed in Jesus all that he had started in the law and the prophets. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they, they respected the word of the Lord and all those who were appointed to eternal life believed. So let's stop for a moment on that one. If you're here and the word of God has been opened and you've thought about, I, and when I was I shared my testimony six months ago or something here. When I was, I never thought about that I needed to be saved. And I went to some kind of meeting like this one and some guy preached about the Bible and I thought, I, I need a savior. And I thought it never occurred to me before. That's evidence that the God of the universe is drawing you in. It says in John six forty four. Sam, help me remember this this morning, that no one comes to the Father, no one comes to me, Jesus says, unless the Father draws him in. So if ever you were wondering, one of, a young man I was trying to disciple, he thought, well, I must be on the outside. I, I must not be one of the chosen. And I thought, well, people who aren't the chosen uh, aren't thinking about whether or not God's drawing them in. If God's questioning your heart, or at, say, come to me. That's your sign right there. He said, all that were appointed unto eternal life believed. So God's drawing you in. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. Is he drawing you today? Is he, is he quickening your heart? Saying, man, I, I didn't think about this. The word of God is spreading and nothing stops God. He wants people. He wants you to come to him. He is out. That's why he told us to proclaim this word, to go and tell. Paul shared all this with such zeal, right? He, he left his comfortable thing, that missionary journey, sailing and going. They don't have a plan their plan is to go. They don't have a provision. They don't have contacts. They don't have a cell phone. They are going. They're making a way because God's the one who made a way where there was no way. And that's what they're doing. Why? Because he remembered how dead he was without Christ. And, and he was dead enough to persecute the church. That's how dead he was. And so he's going. He's going. He's going. And my takeaway number two is that proclaiming salvation through Jesus brings us joy, right? We saw it in Paul. They, they had joy because God's word was spread and people responded. And I love that. I, 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 sometimes that joy of sharing God's word results in that feeling like blue skies and unicorn rainbows. And sometimes it's joy when we get run out of town and lied about, which is what happened to Paul and Barnabas, right? They were still joyful. God is knitting together just like he did in the Old Testament, right? He, he knit together this story and he's knitting together 
good news for you and me. So I, happenstance, right? I don't, I don't know about happenstance. I do know about God. So this week, right, I'm preaching about uh, Paul's going to a place in modern-day Turkey. And at my restaurant, Sam and I are there, and a guy comes, and his brother-in-law is a guy that we know who needs the Lord. And I, I don't know. I'm not in charge of looking into other people's hearts. Just We all need the Lord. But I, and so he brings his brother-in-law here, and this guy is... You're not really a missionary in a, in a Muslim country. You're a photographer. So this guy's a photographer in modern-day Turkey. He's bringing the good news about Jesus to the people in Turkey. And I'm here to tell you today that God... We're, we're reading Paul's letter. Where he's, he's, he left Jerusalem. He left Antioch. He's sailed and made a way where it didn't seem to be a way. You have to have a lot of spunk to do that. What kind of spunk? The kind that's driven by a love for God that drives us to love people and drives us to leave comfortable things and drives us to go and tell. And so as I'm here with modern day Turkey preaching day, this guy's here with his book to the saints in Asia Minor. He's over there making relationships, sharing the good news, planting churches, Oh, beloved, God's got a way. It says in Ephesians 2.10, for you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, if you're in Christ, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God planned in advance for you to walk in them. The band can come up, I'm almost done. So maybe when we brought up takeaway number one, right, that if, if you don't know, if you can't knit together a path in general from the Old Testament to the cross and the empty tomb, then maybe we need to do some Bible study, right? And God's making a way for you. He, he got you a scripture journal today. We're gonna to be going through the book of Acts for several more months. So you can be reading ahead and God can make a note. We have Bible studies here at church. We'll have more of them as time goes by. And you can make a way. You wanna to get to know him and get to know his word. That's gonna make your heart glad. You're gonna be super happy about that. Memorize some scripture. That'd be great. Memorize one. Just start with one. Pick the one from today. And maybe our response from takeaway number two, which is that it's joyful when we go and proclaim. We go share the good news. Whether it's, you know, rainbows and sunshine or we get lied about and run out of town. There's joy that comes from inside. That comes inside. Why? From God. Because he's a loving God and he sent the son. The reason that God's values work is because they reflect his soul, his character. And he's sending us out. And nothing encourages our faith. That's my experience. Like helping someone else move the ball down the field with Jesus. And it can be scary. I, I don't doubt that at all. I'm sure Paul and them were scared when they got stoned or lied on or crushed or opposed or betrayed but they kept going why because God keeps going he's sending you and me we're his agents right and you can do simple things I do I, they might have shared this before but I do a simple one people ask me are you the owner like at the restaurant I said well Jesus is the owner but I work for him it's a trite phrase I just you, you can think of how you can respond in a way that helps people see Jesus more clearly on the other side of their interaction with you some of it might be, hey, let's sit down. You got an hour? Because I got some stuff to share with you. 
And you might say, man, I, I, I got some people that I know, but man, they seem so far away. I, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna get there. I feel scared. I don't think it'll work. Well, maybe we need to pray, right? So we have, go back, go back a couple, Colin. I think go back. Maybe it's ahead. I can't remember. It's ahead, the next one. It's the one with the app. If you have the app, who's got the Sales Street app on your phone? There's 120-something of you, right? 127? That was a week or two ago. 127. So there's a feature on here. And and we're not going to go through it all today. There's training coming and handouts if you need a paper one. But there's there's a community button on here. We're a community of faith. Did you know that? And we can text each other through this app a name, one name. You can even put a proxy name. If you don't want to put their real name, you just call them George. And you can have all of us praying for George. It's the only way that, that we access the horsepower that comes from God is by asking him. So we can pray for each other, for the people in our lives that need the gospel. And we've got this little tool in our hands, right? It can be used for good or evil. Let's use it for the good. Only God can soften hearts. He, he's the one that, he has a, a story in his life. It's, this is, a, I love this picture. This is a proxy picture for the empty tomb. That God was crushed to death by evil men. And they thought they had done away with this pesky problem of this rogue teacher who was stealing away their glory. And turns out that God's got the glory, and he's got the final say. But God so loved the world, right? Uh, he is the one who can save people. And if only God can save people, only God can soften that heart of stone, only God can make a way where there is no way, and only God can empty the grave of a crucified Savior. That's the kind of God we serve. Our next mission field awaits us. Text a name on that list of who you want to pray for. Someone that seems impossible. Apostle Paul sure seemed impossible. He persecuted the church and God made a way for him. Father in heaven, as we pray today and and celebrate your great word that in Pisidian Antioch, Paul and Barnabas brought the gospel and shared it with the Jews and shared it with the Gentiles and many received it and they rejoiced even when suffering came and your word went forth. May we see your word go forth in our lives today. Use our scripture journals, our app, our heartbeats to make your name even more great in Lake Charles.